As per the Fédération Aéronautique Internationale, the Kármán line is the border that defines the separation between the skies of Earth and outer space. Located 100 kilometers above sea level, this boundary is what separates aeronautics from astronautics. Despite the breathtaking complexity and amount of danger involved in spaceflight, it is a wonder that only three humans have met their end above the Kármán line. The Russian cosmonauts who flew on the Soyuz 11 mission to board the world's first space station in 1971 were victims of an unfortunate series of mechanical failures which led to the fatal decompression of their crew capsule. The three cosmonauts, Georgi Dobrovoitsky, Vladislav Volkov, and Viktor Patsayev, are listed as the only humans to have died in space. But it took the Soviet Union two years to list their official cause of death. The Iron Curtain was in full effect, and many parts of the Soviet space program were tightly guarded secrets. This airtight secrecy is what some believe would have made it possible that there were other casualties which never made it onto the official records. This case file joined the theorists as they searched for deceased Soviet spacemen in... The Lost Cosmonauts. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing, Case File 248, The Lost Cosmonauts. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. Whose birthday it is today, motherfucker? Paging hey. Dr. Boy, Dr. Birthday Boy. It's me. Fucking old balls over here. Yeah. yeah. Now you round up to 40, you know? Yeah, mm. I've been rounding up for 40. I've been feeling like rounding up. <sighs> the body feels like you dead. round up. Yeah, please. <laughs> I, you know what? The, it's right. You know what's good, though? It's the CT. I can't even count that high anymore, so it's fine. If you yeah, can't keep fine. it at 35. If you can't count your age, you stay young forever. It's proven science. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's if you forget, so. yeah. If you forget how old you are, then yeah. Doesn't worry. <laughs> um, legit. Andrew, I just, uh, you know, because you're our special friend and stuff. Um, special. You know, any good friend, good friend of mine, longtime friend. Good friend I, of the uh, show. I made you a little something for your birthday uh, just for you. So sit back and enjoy the ride. Happy birthday Cute. to you. Happy birthday. This is going to be me as a big thumb, you. isn't it? Oh, you pro- Andrew probably <laughs> can't hear this on his birth- end, I bet. Is your music? I can't hear it. It's on the, hear it's, it. on, it's on the stream. We're gonna play. What was it? We're gonna play it again so you can hear it. Yeah. Where, where, where did I have it? Because that that was audio was only on the stream, so that's no good. I think it's this one. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday, dear Andrew. Great singing. That was you're beautiful welcome. singing. Thank that's you, Brady. Yeah. What do you mean that's it? What do you make them? Well, I thought you were going to fucking <laughs> embarrass me or something. 
What? Uh, not it's your birthday. Me. That was beautiful. Thanks, buddy. Just sang you a nice song with a couple hair. montages. If you yeah, if perfect. you're watching the live stream closely, that was peak Fat Braden, I believe. Actually, it's pretty close. <laughs> it's pretty close. That was the funniest. No, he that's ever not was. peak Fat Braden. It's that's, not peak. It's no, close. Though. It's close. Because yeah. peak is, peak the, is I'm post- on the way up. That because I wasn't playing because I I had the blown knee right there. So peak's not too far off that. Yeah, you're no. peak peak Fat Braden is the picture of me and you as Wayne and Garth, and I look like <laughs> Wayne ate hey, Garth. Garth. Yeah, absolutely. You did. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Look at you now, That's though. Peak fat Look at you yeah. now. Look at you right? now. Lean and yeah. mean, fucking neck beard and all. Looks good. Yeah. Hmm. Well, the neck beards hide hides fat Braden. That's something I didn't know back then. You could keep, use it to keep frame the neck your face. Braden. It's like contouring. <laughs> same, same. Smart. Yeah. A big happy birthday mm-hmm. to our uh, resident medical expert. He survives another year. For now, we'll see. Around the sun. <laughs> Another trip around the sun. (laughs) Fraught with peril and danger. And we're still here, still kicking. Uh, This week we're talking lost cosmonauts. It's weird because I've heard this. I've heard this conspiracy before. And when we put on the list, I just like had no recollection of it. And then the second I started reading, I was like, oh, I I know. I've heard this before. (laughs) Came back, came right Um, back. Instantly came back. Uh, You know, it's... It's never, never have I, you know, kind of dug into it ever. I mean, this one is kind of on the wayside of someone being like, you know, there's other people have been sent to space, right? They just don't tell you about it. They died. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, it's like, I I think it's, it's not that crazy of a thought to have because if you think about even like what we know about scuba diving, right? Everything we know about scuba diving going under the water is built upon people dying and be like, well, <laughs> not that long. Don't stay under that long. Don't do this. And like, Don't not come to up mention that too, fast. The country we're talking about. Yeah. The country like, of origin it, for this story. I mean, and just, yeah, well, just it, the era of the era too, you know, like Cold War era, a lot of secrecy. Space race. Right. It's it surprising to me, especially back then in the pioneering days, that it's like, if you look at it based on what history books tell mm-hmm. us, you go like, Surprisingly, not a lot of people died in space considering the times, what they were working with. You go, huh, not a lot of, uh, you know, for them, (laughs) them basically racing to outer space and then being like, you know, just firing all cinders trying to get the first man in space, first man on the moon. It's surprising. Like it's, it's a low number. It's a low number. If if it's any other industry without the complete funding and backing of the entire, your entire country and all fields and trades. It's a low number, <laughs> you know. Yeah, the people who low are f- reported number. The the first people to install electricity, those first electricians, not a great Dead. success rate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, when we said Lost Cosmonauts, I was like, "Fuck, that's a cool band name." I was like, "Oh, oh it is." I was like, "Oh, so I probably could think." Of, I was like, "Man, we could think up some good names for probably like your top three space themed Soviet Union prog rock bands." <laughs> mine was mine was Vostok Summer. I thought that was a cool name. <laughs> that came to my head. Mm. It's not a real band. I just thought it was a cool name. Or Until now, Rocket somebody's Boys. poaching that for sure. Yeah, stole yeah, it. I know. I'm giving yeah. out these for free, people. You can take these. Moscow Rocket Boys. I like that one too. <laughs> I like that one too. Lost Cosmods is a band. Is it a band? It, it is a band. Like they have, I mean, it's a small band, a local band somewhere. Somewhere? Somewhere. So, is that a, is a real thing? Or are you just saying it's got to be a band? No, I, I'm on Spotify right now. I looked it up. 
It's oh, a okay. band, but they have no bio and they have like four listeners. So yeah, because right. well, they're lost. They're hey, dead. you want lost in space? You want to <laughs> you want to help kickstart the career of a band? Go listen to Lost yeah. Cosmonauts right now. Are they any good? Did you listen? to No, them? I did not. not no, it all. doesn't matter. <laughs> hey. Just That's a fucking give our bunch CO of covers around of, here. It's a bunch of covers of Boney M. Rasputin. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Absolutely, it's a banger. So if you pick up a record book and you look in there for first human to have reached space, you're going to come upon the name of the Russian cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin. Um, dude was the first one on April 12th, 1961. Uh, and then less than a month later, you know, you'd have Alan Shepard up there, uh, first United, you know, first American or North American, I suppose, uh, into space on May 5th of that year. Now, Gagarin, when he did this, only 27 years old at the dude. time. Some cojones on that guy. It's for sure. He didn't have a choice, <laughs> all right? I mean... 1961, riding a rocket to space. Uh, you don't yeah, have computers. Have, yeah, but could you imagine? Like, I, I don't think... Like, obviously, you'd have to have cojones to, like, get involved with the space program and all that. But, you know, they dumped this training into him. You think he had a fucking chance to back out? Not no, a fucking... No, no, no way. <laughs> you're do you going think to space he even had a, fucking Do you dead? even think he had a choice? Do you, Probably not. I'm not even sure he woke up that morning knowing what his assignment was going to be. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was looks ready fit. to rock when they strapped yeah, him into that fit. fucking we'll space. rocket. Uh, there's a recording of him uh, when they launch him into space, like when the on ignition and whatever. And it's just like, he he basically says like, it be, and it became, I guess, like a, it became just kind of screaming. an expression. Yeah, well, he, beca he, yeah, he became an expression. <laughs> and it's kind of like the, uh, the English equivalent of being like, let's go. Like after they fucking launch him, it's like. I oh, that's fucking dope. It's pretty good. Yeah, um, cool. He spent 108 minutes in orbit around Earth. I launched him up in there and into his little capsule. And um, if you ever look at the the capsules that the that the Soviets were using at this time, those things were not built for comfort. Like those things look <laughs> terrifying. It's basically just a giant. Like if you look at Sputnik, you're basically it's, just it's a crammed it's inside a tip of, of a Sputnik. bullet. Is yeah, what it is. It's a, it's a tip <laughs> of a bullet dick with like a bigger. heat shield on it. Like that's yeah. it. <laughs> uh, but after this, you know. Fucking Gagarin was a rock star. He's got a bronze bust that was unveiled in Moscow. He had posters with his por portrait were distributed to crowds, just like fucking launching t-shirts out everywhere. Um, <laughs> they put his face on a fucking Just hammer and sickle t-shirts out of the yeah. t-shirt gun. <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, and he's just like, he, I mean, he cemented himself as the thing, as, as it should. That was the first, that was man's first step, you know, outside the atmosphere, off, off planet. Dude, no matter um, what happens. He will always be the first person to leave Earth. Crazy. It's insane. Um, the, yeah. Next so, to those dogs. There's only so well, many that we firsts. know of. Hold on. That we know of. That we know of. That we know, of. That we know of. So on April 9th of that year, apparently, uh, the day before Gagarin's first scheduled launch attempt, there was a British communist newspaper titled The Daily <laughs> Worker, which reported that a Lieutenant Colonel Vladimir Sergeyevich Ilyushin Wow. Had Whoa. been launched into orbit Mouthful. on April 7th or 8th and actually circled the Earth three times uh, in a spaceship, uh, I guess named Russia, before actually landing or coming back and into, you know, achieving a, a success, successful reentry in most terms. <laughs> um, but the ship had made it back successfully but apparently Ilyushin according to this article had had there had been some type of mishap during the landing stage of the launch and then although Ilyushin had come back physically whole not exactly like not any physical injury you know bleeding concussion any of those things that you would typically 
probably broken bones that you would associate with a, you know, coming in, coming in pretty hard from space. Uh, he had some type of derangement or some kind of psychological trauma, dude, which left dude, him unsuitable for public listen, appearances. The, the right. medical term that they used at the time was scrambled brain. <laughs> okay. For real? For real. Yeah. Like that was the, that's the term they use was scrambled brain. Scrambled brain. Well, yeah. and like, like we said, going into this, there's a surprising amount of people. It's surprising for the feat we were trying to accomplish in the time that there's not a lot of reported human casualties. Yep. It, it's just, you're just like, wow, that's kind of crazy. Cause you're like the, the first test went off without, without a hitch. Right. Then I read this part about Sergey, and I'm like, was this guy even a lieutenant colonel or was he just some like psych ward patient that they're like human test flight? Here we go. Yeah, okay. We'll start with a dog. We'll go yeah. to a fucking monkey and then we're going to go to a crazy person. And then we're going to go to a natural progression. Yeah, we're just going to strap. We're going to just, <laughs> this guy was just strapped in with a straight jacket. All right. Maybe, maybe <laughs> right? he actually was sane when he went and he came back crazy. Maybe they scrambled his brains oh, when he got back because he saw something. He got, he got space mad. Well, I, I don't I, see the, the, the thing is, the thi I don't <laughs> think it's the, I, I, I think it would be have to be something like he, he was unfit. Like he was, I think they, this was a test flight that went successful. So then they're like, all right, let's get our poster boy Yuri up there so we can claim he's the first one. Cause you're not going to be like, Hey, Russia, we're, we're number one. We sent up this guy and they're like, let us talk to him. You're like, no, 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 absolutely not. Yet. But like, Yet. they just didn't know. Right. And then it makes me think like how many people, if, if that's the case and if this is to be, you know, true, it's like, it's this thing of like, okay, well, if this guy went to space, you look at this, and what they're saying is true. And even if he was totally fine and stuff, why not just give him the credit? And it, it seems like the Soviet Union was so concerned about appearances and keeping up appearances that, you know, would they want to let people know that they were, you know, experimenting on people to send them up there? Dude, you, like the way you said it too, like it brings back this thing I was reading about this guy named Gregory Nelyubov who he was part of the original cosmonaut corpse and he was in the picture. And for whatever reason, I can't remember why he was dismissed, but he, they, you know, he was kicked out, fired and they had a photo of these guys, an original photo of them. And they went as far to fucking edit him out of the picture. <laughs> yeah. That was, that, face. that is, that was surprisingly, uh, normal kind of like that was typical of the, of the time of being like airbrushed out of photos. If you, that's crazy. You know, if something happened, Take another or, picture. I mean, this was the Soviet Union. Like if you probably said, hey, Stalin's a dick, and they would have been like, yeah, you're gone. He did. But right, doesn't <laughs> that, doesn't that kind of lead into the creeds that maybe they were, maybe, maybe Yuri was not in fact the first person. He's just the first person where they're like, yep. He's boom, the most first, presentable. First, first, first try, we nailed it. Good luck, America. Wait, so, because this came from like a British newspaper, right? The the news of this. It was a British communist newspaper. So like, a, like out of Europe. Communist supportive like newspaper. So they claim that this guy was first, but no one else really jumped on board that. That was just like, someone leaked a story to them or how did they get it? Well, they never really named their sources in the paper. Like right. in, in that paper, it just kind of, it, it went on well, these... I mean, for, for they're like, yeah, it's this colonel. And then they're like, what colonel? He's, he died mysteriously. No, 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 no. Here's what happened is actually, what, what, and what made it actually may have lend a little bit more credibility to the claims was that, or, or at least made it more, it, it seemed possible 
or likely that this is happening because when people started asking about Ilyushin, Ilyushin was a real person. Ilyushin wasn't a, some fake name that they made up and he was actually a well-known Soviet gen- general and test pilot and his father was actually an influential aeronautical engineer. So all of this kind of lined up like, hey, that's the perfect guy. Wouldn't, wouldn't you want to put this dude who's basically the poster boy for, you know, aeronautics? You know, it comes from an aeronautics dynasty. His father, I guess, had uh, designed like a number of... Um, aircraft like bombers and fighters for World War II that were pretty successful. So coming from there, everybody kind of reason, you know, the, the claims in the paper said, oh yeah, this guy's pretty good. And when pe- when um, articles started kind of picking up on this, I think at least one or two other newspapers, I think there was one French newspaper and maybe one more, uh, started kind of putting Ilyushin's name and kind of uh, publishing the same story Um they start people started inquiring about Ilyushin and the Soviet Union's official response was that Ilyushin was being cared for in a hospital but was being treated not for space madness but for injuries he suffered in a car accident car but he was accident. getting treated with about 3 cc's of pillow therapy <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to fuck <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you, you everybody's asking about the solution guy, and it's like, oh, you know, he's gotten injured and a thing. That's why he's in the hospital uh, because of space. And they're like, no, no, niet, niet. He's uh, in the hospital because of our automobile accident. Yes, <laughs> so, convenient. Um, and, and and people were were I get they were you know, understandably suspect of the the claims that the the Soviet Union was making because the Soviet at this point. Um, I mean, today we're very familiar with some of the cover-ups, you know, like uh, like Chernobyl and things like that. Uh, uh, but even back then, they had at least two really big ones that they had already pretty much gotten caught or there had been uh, rumblings about. You had the uh, one, I think we've actually mentioned this one, but there's the Kishtum disaster on the 29th of September in 1957, where an improperly stored tank of <laughs> high-level liquid nuclear waste exploded and contaminated thousands of square kilometers. They had to v- evacuate like 10,000 people. It's like one of the uh, worst the nuclear disasters areas. ever. <laughs> and it was it's, it's listed as the third worst nuclear disaster in history by radioactivity. It's wild. It's like right after it's Chernobyl, the Fukushima disaster, and then the Kishtum disaster. Like and like before Fukushima, ones. they held the prestigious of one and two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And then there's also another one that we didn't even <clears throat> find out actually, uh, like the official, uh, like the official account until 1984. But there was one called the Nedelin catastrophe that happened on the 24th of October in 1960, and this was a launch pad accident for a prototype of the Soviet R-16 ICBM, where an explosion. Uh, occurred when the actual second stage engine ignited accidentally and killed an unknown number of military and technical personnel. And the, the estimates vary between some so, some sources say 100, some people, some sources say 300 people died. Killed like the whole ground the crew? USSR didn't acknowledge it until 1989. That's funny. And the, only reason they, acknowledge it. the only reason they acknowledge it is because it got out somehow. Think about all the shit that didn't get out. Yeah, right. And it like this is the Soviet. Era. It's not like they kept record. Like legit, when you say burn after reading, they burnt. They didn't even bother reading it. They were just like burn, <laughs> destroy all evidence. Yeah, I don't so, even like, want to know. Shit we did, Fucking like, torch it. Especially this in this time, if you think about all the experiments and all like and everything that we know about that area and all these terrible shit by all sides, not just Russia, the states, every everyone seemed to have their hand in some nefarious. <laughs> dealings back then that have come out and they're like, ah, yeah. Well, you got us. You know, you it's sixties. Right? <laughs> free love on the free love freeway. D- right? Yeah, d- different yeah. era. Different free era. love when you're getting 
you know, drugged with LSD. Yeah, <laughs> People are watching just bang prostitutes. Yeah, you're just blowing up nukes by accident and killing everyone around. <laughs> well, I mean, it was a nuke. It was just the ICBM, but oh, uh, come on, nice. have a nuke on it. Peanuts. They could have been used for a nuke, have a nuclear payload, but so yeah. it's not it's not uncommon for Russia to like hide these embarrassing things or try to downplay them or change the story altogether, especially back then. And the uh, that that story that was printed in that that British newspaper actually wasn't even the first published report uh, in the West, which suggested that Russian spacemen had been killed on rocket flights. Like you had um, you had an actual article that kind of popped up in a, like one or two U.S. New- newspapers where they had Doctor Hermann Oberth, who is basically one of the kind of granddads of astronautics. Like this guy was building rockets for the United States. Like he helped us in our rocketry program. Um, did we get him in, did we get him I'm in pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty Does sure we got him in paper, He was paper one clip? of the paperclip guys. Like, <laughs> All, right. Over. All right. All right. <laughs> and apparently when he was in Austria, uh, was it, what, kinda, what did he go in the draft? <laughs> 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 That's what I want to refer to paperclip. He, oh, he went number four in the paperclip draft. <laughs> um, it, it, like Oberth had said that he or he reported to a newspaper or that he had heard from other like during his time in the U.S. rocketry program, he had heard reports uh, from U.S. intelligence services that there are at least um, that there had at least been a one pilot who had been killed in a suborbital uh, ballistic flight uh, from the Kasputin Yar, which launched in 1958. You know what's so, interesting about that, though, is. Because like like you said, like the states are up to stuff too, and you know this could very well just be American propaganda. I, they definitely didn't do anything to stop it. But the thing is, is like none of the none of the newspapers really gave this a lot of traction. Like the claims that were being made, it didn't really hit national newspapers. Like it kind of just sat in. You know, there was one like the, the article that I mentioned about the the report with Oberth was like published in some local newspaper in uh, like Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, where one of the rocketry <laughs> programs had been located. So I guess they had a vested interest, but... They don't even read in Alabama. <laughs> Everyone knows this. <laughs> <laughs> We've lost all our listeners from Alabama now. <laughs> I, well, you I mean, it's coming, it, you it's coming from it fucking Braden. And held it up to the yeah. camera, then we would have been <laughs> fine. Yeah, it's, it's coming from Braden. Yeah. Uh, all right. Hey, Zell, just mute the track and throw it on subtitles for that part. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Um, and, and like Andrew said, like the, there were, it's not like the, the general public and the U S intelligence service. It's not like we were in the total, totally in the dark about the Soviet space program and what they were doing. Like in Russian newspapers, they regularly had features, uh, on, you know, space flight and space engineering and the things that were yeah. happening. Uh, yeah. Let's Let's just agree right there. Anything that was they were putting out was a controlled narrative. They're not just being like, hey, you know, today we, we our second stage kind of failed. You know, it's a little setback, but we're going to try harder tomorrow. Like, no, it, it was, I guarantee you, it was a detailed narrative uh, controlling a narrative that they wanted out uh, of their great success. Or they, just claim, yeah, and so, but- or they claim that everyone who died in the accident are uh, heroes to the motherland and their sacrifice was needed to progress and kill capitalism. (laughs) But I don't think it's even a thing of, it's like, they don't want to even admit that they're, it's, they're like, there's no success. Like this is a race right now. They're competing. Their two world superpowers are competing to get to space right now. They're not going to admit that they're having any losses. 
They can't show weakness, boys. And I think what a lot of people don't remember or don't really uh, concentrate or should probably be more focused on is that um, we talked about this in... um, in our operation Osoviakim, that it, within the Soviet Union, there were competing factions within the Soviet Union, like the space flight and like the, a lot of the space engineering and the rocket engineering plants. They were all working against each other. Like they were all trying to compete Seems for contracts. Pretty They're all trying counterproductive. To like, like yeah, exactly. So they weren't really sharing a lot of their information and stuff like this. So it's you couldn't really share any information because you didn't want the other competing. You know, oligarchs or what, you know, pro- Could you imagine? oligarchs and stuff that. that imagine if they were all time. working together, though, because they still won. Oh. They still got to space first. Imagine how much quicker they would have been if they would have actually like combined efforts. Yeah. Compart- compartmentalization was like the name of the game. Like everything was kept away from. Um, Everybody else, like even the even the scientists, like weren't allowed to work together. Like you had um you had a, an amazing amazing like segregation between the German scientists that they brought over and their you know we said Operation Osoviakim, the the Soviet equivalent to Operation Paperclip, um, that the German scientists would pretty much work by themselves and they wouldn't even interact with their Soviet counterparts. Like they would do all the they do all the research, they do all the calculations. The Russian scientists would come in, go over the papers. No feedback or anything. Just take it and leave. Like that's you, all you mean to tell me that the Russians, the Russians didn't decide to like just name schools after them and give them really high paying jobs and make them <laughs> fucking heroes? Is that <laughs> no, what you're saying? No, no, no. Uh, okay, didn't. cool. <laughs> they didn't have the same set. They were treated like war criminals. That's say, interesting. It's good saying. You know, the even though they were American extremely values. smart and had lots to offer, that's good. Okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah, how terrible of them to treat war criminals, war criminals, like criminals the way they should. Yeah, right. It, terrible, bad Russia. They should have been mm. rolled out the red carpet. Yeah, absolutely. The American so by 19, 1959, you had a number of uh, you know, like we said, there was articles being published in in Russian newspapers with a, like that showed that seemed to show like a rotating roster of test pilots who were involved in the Soviet space flight program, and. Like there were rumors and scuttlebutt that were going on within kind of the cocktail parties that would go on in um, at least like, uh, you know, in the in Europe and those things with people who are working on these rocket programs, you know, intelligence services and stuff, all of the, you know, all of that cloak and dagger kind of things. But what was going on is that people were talking about um, you know, these possible cosmonauts that had been lost. And it kind of... Uh, what's generally accepted is that the the conclusion that just kind of coalesced out of all this was that there had been four cosmonauts that had been preparing for a manned launch into space. And then at least one of those had perished in an experimental Ooh. accident. At least one. At least one. <laughs> at least at least one. one. Because I... I it, yeah. I don't doubt that at all though because it's like 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 you said when you when you're looking at the space race it's not like oh we sent this one and this guy died this and this and we had this there's nothing it's just like boom dogs boom monkey boom yuri we did it <laughs> and then the states are like boom man on man on the moon you're like oh, wow no, it's send dogs and two dogs and monkeys and person <laughs> yeah but it's like it's like <clears throat> You don't even have a report of being like, that was our 30th dog. <laughs> right? They're like, they're like, first try, send two. Right? It's what? like, I, like why would you send two if the first one worked? Like, why wouldn't you just jump to monkey at that point? Unless you were like, hopefully that wasn't a one-off. Yeah, you're like, well, we have, we have this other line. We'll send well, them both. I mean, 
I don't know. You'd probably want to test that because originally, originally they had the first capsule, like the first couple capsule capsules were single person occupant, a single occupant. Then they had designed another one with a two person, uh, two person occupants. Yeah. So it's like I, you know, they probably strapped them into both and kind of being like, well, we got to make sure that the, you know, the life support system pressurization can support two living things as opposed to one. I suppose that's that's the reasoning that I would kind of go through, but you know, um, so. It's that you had these these four cosmonauts that kind of like appeared in a couple of uh, Russian weekly photo magazines, uh, especially one called Ogonyak, which was a uh, they had an article that was titled "Flights to High Altitude," which apparently showed a, a number of pictures of doctors, technicians, and test subjects that were performing tests for the life support equipment. And there were exactly in the pictures there were three test subjects shown. And then there was a photo of these yeah, three. Call them, what they, call them what they were, <laughs> test subjects. <laughs> um, and so those three men, which were Colonel Pyotr Dolkov, Ivan Kochur, and Alexei Grachov, and those three men, minus the one, were assumed to be secretly part of the Soviet space flight program. Because originally, in the, the picture that they're in, they're kind of credited as three high-altitude parachutists. So, not Dude. exactly the same, but they're saying that perhaps that one that had gone missing was, like, missing from this picture, that those three guys had actually been four. Yeah. Well, and that's what- when you guys were doing this research, did you hear about that? It was right before... Oh, I'm gonna fuck. Was it what's his name again? Gregorin or Gregovich? Gregorin. Gregorin. Yeah. Uh, right before he went off, so it was like months before. Mar- it was like March 26th of um, of 61, I believe. That that the city was named Perm. It was in the, the USSR, um, and the the villagers witnessed seeing a shuttle in the air, followed by like a loud bang that kind of sounded like an anti aircraft gun go off, and then they saw the shuttle. And a parachute shoot out from it. And like all the villagers ran to go see it. There was tons of witnesses. And the military, I guess, were like deployed as well to go check it out. And then when they found the parachute, it was supposedly a dummy that was right. in there. And this was like months before well, the first yeah. successful trip. <laughs> the, dummy like, had, dummy. the dummy had a name. Don't just call him a dummy. He had oh, a Ivan name. Ivanov or whatever. Uh, Ivan <laughs> Ivanovich. Or Ivan Ivanovich. John Doe. Basically. basically, yeah, it's their John Doe. But like, it makes you wonder, like, was this really a dummy maybe? Or was this the fourth dude missing from the from the picture? Makes you wonder. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of witnesses though. So it'd be hard to like, maybe they just, maybe just in case their flight suits dress them just up like crash dead dummies. Yeah, I think it actually did have a uh, it, like there was something printed on the the spacesuit that was actually like Russian for dummy or mannequin. I think was yeah, actually. yeah. Oh, they they said the dumbest guy first. Scramble yeah. brains, brains yeah, right, brain dummy. <laughs> You're sending this dummy up. It's it's all a translation issue. It's just <laughs> an idiot. They found they just found the dumbest guy they could. <laughs> Send him space. Yeah. They're picking him out of the mental hospital. <laughs> Right, that's their. That's not even the cosmonaut suit. That's just their hospital gown. (laughs) Well, at this time they're still trying. This guy wearing pajamas. They're trying like electrolysis. They're probably doing lobotomies. Why not? Like, hey, what if space travel is the cure for mental illness? Yeah, they were still doing. They were still doing (laughs) lobotomies in the sixties. They're still doing them. 
So why not? I know, but I don't think anybody's gonna be like, let's spend the money and resources to lodge no. people. I'm saying space. that they would. Uh, you're you're saying you would 100 strap them in, well, though. Guess, you're sending you know dags what? and monkeys, how you, man. How do you treat Earth madness, but you counter it with space madness, and it makes them insane? <laughs> it cancels out. Legit. Out. Sure. Yeah. The two negative. Hey, and do negatives, buddy. The zero G. The zero G can cure the human mind. Is what maybe they thought. 60 years ago, 60, 70 years ago. Well, they got yeah. a report from the U.S. about a Fantastic Four and they needed to get uh, their <laughs> own up there. To- uh, I can't remember. Was there a Soviet version of the Fantastic Four? I know there's there, a Soviet version of Captain America. No, like, the Avengers. There's like the bear dude. I gotta look it up. It looks, it looks fucking awesome. But it's like, yeah. I mean, there's they, a Soviet, I guarantee yeah, they kill people. <laughs> Iron Man or whatever. But yeah. The Crimson <laughs> Dynamo. Right. Yeah, and then, um, but yeah, um, even getting well, you know, talking about fiction, science fiction. Uh, in 1960, you had actually the you know famed science fiction author Robert Heinlein, you know, famous for Starship Troopers. Uh, oh yes, the, the book, not the movie. They're completely different. Both are great, I suppose. Is Rico still in it? <laughs> in their own way. Um, and he actually reported that while traveling in the USSR, he had met Red Army cadets who actually told him that there had been a manned space launch. Uh, and that this and this launch capsule, which was the Korabel Sputnik 1, was act, actually experienced some type of mechanical failure when the guidance system actually steered it in the wrong direction. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So this, this accident apparently may, according to the cadets, made the retrieval of the capsule impossible. So this, this capsule was stranded in orbit around Earth. Oh, so, I mean, this is what he heard from these, from these, from that's how Red you get Army phantom cadets. spaceman. Yes, yeah, that's you what get. you. That's exactly how you get them. Phantom spaceman. It's terrifying. <laughs> Dude, uh, I also also read of another one that they sent up, and they kind of had a miscalculation, and it landed in China, and China was just like, "It's ours now," and like <laughs> would not return the cosmonaut or um, their stuff. They're just like, "Nope." Well, if, Absolutely not. Everyone always wonders how China's space program started, and that's how it started. <laughs> but like, if you think about this, think about logically in the space race. If you're having these kind of setbacks, are you going to allow that information to get out? Absolutely not. And it's not like it, it's it's in the states where there's you know it's a little more freedom. They have such a control over everything there at this point in time that they can just suppress that information. They still right? do. Yeah, and not even suppress it. That, but it's, you're like, hey, I think I saw. They just beat you. You're like, no, you didn't. And you say that again, you're dead, <laughs> right? Like that. That's the kind of power and intimidation they they would hold over people. So it's it's not <laughs> for me. I just don't think any of this information would ever get out. Any setback, any failure that involved a loss of life or anything, they're just like, nope, didn't have it. Like we we will not let anyone know, especially our enemies that were one that were already trying this. This is the stage we're at with human test flights, and two that we're having troubles doing it. Here's a question: Like, do you not think that maybe during like the the fall of the Soviet Union that some stuff would like trickled out? That's what we're talking about. Listen, like think about what we're talking about now. These are all stories that have trickled out, right? But <laughs> but like if, if you're looking for like written evidence, like no, like they just destroy everything. Right. It's not like they were like, ah, yeah. we'll just, we'll just save this document for future. Like, nope, d- destroy it all. Yeah, just burn it. Gone. Yeah. <laughs> burn it with all the Bibles and Harry Potter books. 
Right. And, really and that's to say like, and maybe it is, maybe there's some, you know, Ivan Ivanov sitting in the middle of the forest there and he's got a box of classified documents that hasn't been released, but like, who's he going to release them to? Right. Like you're going to give yeah. them to the, <laughs> you're going to give them to the release them to the newspaper there. You think that's going to get it? Like, I just don't think there's any Avenue where this, they're like, there's not a system of like, Oh, Hey, like, Let's whistleblow on this. Like, that'll turn out good for everyone involved. So it's not, it's that we have these reports that were coming out of the Soviet Union. And they're very, again, they're very sporadic reports. There's not, there's not a lot of corroboration on a lot of them. <laughs> the reports coming out are nailed it. Nailed it again. <laughs> first try. First try again. No issues. Uh, is, yeah, so the official Another win these, for Milos! <laughs> but I'm saying, no, I'm saying the ones that are coming out there talking about the uh, the astronaut, the cosmonauts who have, who have uh, you know, suffered injury or died in spaceflight. Like, these reports are all kind of, they're all secondhand. They're all kind of, they, well, they dude, came from certain sources that are not exactly maybe credible or it, anonymous sources that were, or sources that were claimed to be totally anonymous. Dude, imagine Which being is a pilot at the, at the atmosphere of the time. Imagine yeah. being a pilot in Soviet Russia in this time, and they're like, "Hey, they're picking pilots to, uh, you know, to do the space flight." I heard this guy went, and uh, as he came back to Earth, he just burned up. And you're like, "Huh?" And you're like, "Yeah, he's dead." And now they're looking for new volunteers. And you're like, "Not me." Right. Like, I'm sure that would get the rounds of like, you know, people would have friends and stuff. And you'd be like, yeah, he died. And we don't have volunteers. For more people. No, 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 no. They don't volunteer. They elect you, people. And they voluntold. Go. You're voluntold. Yeah. voluntold. <laughs> yeah. That's in Russia. And there is, but there is an official story about one official casualty of the, uh, of a cosmonaut on the night of March 23rd, 1961. And we actually have photos. Of that one. You can look these ones up on the internet, but we might want to take a break before we get into this. <laughs> yeah, my beer's empty. We'll take a short break and we will return. Be right back. Happy birthday, Andrew. Happy birthday, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so we're, we're talking about on the March, on the night of March 23rd, 1961. I know I said there's pictures, but I was actually mixing this up. I was conflating this with another event. There are no there pictures. Are no pictures. Well, Dan dropped no something. got one. everybody excited. Let's see some fucking... <laughs> There's so much information just like blazing around my head right now. Um, so uh, on this night, there was a severely burned man who was brought to Moscow's Botkin Hospital and was presented to uh, the emergency surgery, surgery ward as, as Sergeyev Ivanov. Right. And the, uh, <laughs> they're the like, are you sure? And they're like, <laughs> <"Nuh."> <laughs> uh, the attending physician apparently was Dr. Vladimir Golohovsky. And it wouldn't be revealed until later that the true identity of this man who had been burned beyond all recognition, pretty much, was Valentin Bondarenko, who was one of the 20 candidates who had been selected by the Soviet government for the first manned space flight. So he was in the same, he was pretty much in the same pool of candidates as Yuri Gagarin. Like yeah, and look how it that. ended up for him. <laughs> well, apparently he died 
after having you know the the severe burns that he had uh, acquired, like he had gotten these during an oxygen fire, which occurred during his time uh, in a barometric Total. chamber so, used for training. So what you're saying, Dan, is they did try to do the Russian Fantastic Four and <laughs> fucking Johnny Storm backfired. Oh, yeah. it's even no from the reports. Like it's even worse. Like this, the way this guy died, like it super sucked because he was burns, in, dude burns. <laughs> well, he was inside. He was inside a uh, a barometric chamber right and so that it was supposed to simulate pretty much like the 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 environment that you would inside the capsule so during this time in there like it, and it was just about he was probably like 20 30 minutes from actually getting out like they were testing him in there you keep him in there for like a day and Dude, that's oh, the normal oh, training thing that. and you know, what happens is dying I honestly honestly too fuck and that. that's that's like there's two things on this earth that I would not want to survive and that's a, a horrible fire and being attacked and mauled by a chimpanzee I I do Mom, not. I could not pulling your fucking limbs off. I and, couldn't do it. Uh, I've seen that. Out. Like remember that Oprah show, and then yeah, oh the lady's God. face. Made her I hands remember and ripped her face off. There was, uh, and I feel so bad. It's terrible, but like it's because I was a little kid. When I was a little kid, this like these like a severely severely burned people came and talked about the importance of fire safety at my school. <laughs> And I remember seeing them in the hallway before the presentation. Oh no! And it and it like scarred me. And I, it's, I mean, that's a tough, it's a tough look to pull off. Um, yeah, but you know now, don't you? What? <laughs> All right, you know you don't fuck around with don't fire. fire. Don't fuck oh, around with hell, fire. No. for keeps. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah oh yeah. Scared straight. The um. But to, to kind of, I guess you kind of get a picture into the headspace of a Soviet cosmonaut. Like when it happened, um, apparently <laughs> what happened is like they're going to kill using, me if I don't do it. That's no, 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 no. It's, um, it's reported that when when he was he, what he was doing was he was using like a a cotton ball that was like soaked in alcohol to kind of wipe down some of the uh, like the condensation like in some of the instruments or something like that. And when he went to go like throw it away into the bin that was inside of there. It actually landed on a small little stove that they had inside oh. there, and then it <laughs> caught what fire. Is fucking mac and cheese in there. What the fuck? Is well, he, he has to stay in there for a whole day. How's he going to eat? They can't open it. They can't give him any food. They didn't have anything like, like that. So it's like fucking water rations or something, <laughs> like a magnesium pouch. Why are you can a heat source? Like the, the little uh, military rations, right? You gotta heat that shit up. You still have to heat up. Yeah, I guess that. You to, Don't like, you just rub it in a pouch though? Yeah, not, I mean the modern ones, but you still had to like cook some. Of them. <laughs> like, this is also Soviet Union we're talking about. Like this is not yeah. guys trying um, to cook up some fucking borscht. Uh, <laughs> so what happened is was that, that due to the high oxygen content in the atmosphere inside of there because they had pumped up the oxygen inside the capsule, like it just like it it just totally exploded in fire, and he was actually <clears throat> trying like his his. Apparently his his like uh, jumpsuit like caught fire and he was trying to put it out like by himself, which uh, instead of like notifying the uh, the observation crew like right away. And then when they went to tr then they realized what was happening. The scientists tried to get it open, but the locking mechanism like jammed and the in the in the chamber. Oh, so they okay, couldn't get okay. Him out. <laughs> oh yeah, it just jammed. We have it, this sounds like they let this this guy burn alive. Um, you, when, first you said he couldn't yeah, alert like the a, observation chain, the observation room. That's their whole job is well, to observe. Maybe he'll be Johnny Storm. <laughs> we don't know. No, it's kind of crazy um, that like that fire and the Apollo one fire are very similar. Like electrical fire was sparked by the high oxygen content of the cockpit and the people. Burned I mean, to that, death. yeah, that's one of the. That's why they don't let anything into. Most of these, like these atmospheric, like these kind of lockdown 
atmospheres are all oxygen rich. That's why they don't let you light up anything on there. You know, sparks and fire hazards are treated yeah, very seriously. Even, yeah, just, just a static <laughs> spark could like some, in some yeah, cases cause like an explosion that. like that. Um, but when they, when they pulled him out, it was reported that he was saying that he's like, he was saying, it's my fault. It's my fault. I did it. I was stupid. I didn't, I don't blame anybody. Don't, don't blame yourself. This is a don't man that you. lives in fear. Like, he, he literally said it was my like, fault. All right. All right. Hold on a second. He, he died. He did. Right? Yeah. After later. Uh, yeah. I do not, I do not think, uh, that in the agony of being burned, from head to toe, that you're like, hey, hey, listen, don't feel bad. It was my own fault. I guarantee you that that's what is being reported. He said, "Yeah, <laughs> I don't. It's it, it, it's my fault. I didn't. I, mean, I didn't read the I mean, women's guidelines. Pain. I'm sure he wasn't right? shocked. I didn't first. know where the MSDS was. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure he was shocked. Yeah, he said uh, he said that none of us were to blame. It was all his errors. He uh, said, and, don't uh, make up a work safe claim. It's fine. Yeah. It's my fault. <laughs> the <laughs> fault lies completely on his shoulders and no one yeah. else. And uh, he has already been punished. So no one else should receive yeah. punishment. Yeah. Chalk it up as a near miss. <laughs> his fault. <Yeah. laughs> and now there were 19. Yeah. Uh, so... That is one of the one of the actual deaths we have recorded, and that one is is of record. Uh, one of the I think they put his name, they at least put his name on one of the plaques that they had commemorating the sacrifices <clears throat> that were made during the cosmonaut program. At least one of them. Um, but of when we're talking about some of the unofficial reports, like some of the evidence to support that, is that we had two brothers from Italy. Oh, the they're so Judea, fucking cool, man. Cordelia brothers. Yeah, yeah fucking uh, Mario and Luigi. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, a Cordelia. <laughs> uh, they made a pretty big splash with claims that they had intercepted some of the radio transmissions coming from what were you know, the lost cosmonauts. Dude, these two brothers were just space fanatics. They just loved the idea of space and they would just like buy <laughs> antennas and shit and they made their mom's house basically into just wires and everything well, to the, try to pick up, <laughs> intercept radio transmissions to of the, of the space program. Yeah, they were pretty much like harvesters of post-World War II like radio devices, like discarded radios. and Harvester is a very nice way of putting it. These guys are probably fucking ripping this shit off. Hey, whatever they're doing. <laughs> scavengers. The scavengers, harvesters. I mean, there was no, there was no shortage of, of uh, surplus, like, radio materials after World War II. After the Allies pretty much, you know, left Europe, like, pulled out of most of Europe, you just had this left it behind. just laying around. Yeah, like- so these, these <laughs> brothers at, like, a young age got into, like, scavenging this stuff and rebuilding it and trying to, like, they were, they were just, like, because there was a great interview with them and they translated it. And it's just like, they were so interested in the new field of new, like for, for a hobby field, it was new. Like they had radio for a while, but not like the average hob- hobbyist could get a hold of this Being stuff. Being accessible. Yeah. Like uh, that, yeah. So they got rid- probably would have been you three assholes if podcasts <laughs> didn't exist back then. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Super cool. Not me. So yeah, they get into it. They're harvesting all this stuff and they start getting better and better. And then they find out that they can potentially capture radio signals from space dude and it's actually crazy because one of the most insane things they they became so this is all self-taught these guys were just so passionate about this shit 
and they were intercepting Russian transmissions and, and how they would figure out the frequencies is that they would see pictures of their craft and they would see the size of the antenna. And basically based on that, knowing their equipment, they would figure out the frequencies. And at times the U S exchanged information with them. They were like, Hey, listen, all right, give us, uh, give us some of this Russian stuff you have. Right. And we'll, we'll give you some equipment. We'll, you know, give you a little kickbacks here and there, like help, help us out. And they did, they were like, yeah, cool. Like, sure. And they would let them listen to the U S stuff for in, in exchange. And at one point these guys had almost like a worldwide network started. I can't remember what it was called. It had, it had a cool name. I can't see it in my notes here, but they, they basically had an organization of all people like them around the globe that were picking Kinda up like these, the internet. Yeah, basically before, but they were just all fanatics about space and they were picking up all the transmissions. That's cool. Yeah, yeah uh, what a lot of people I think might uh, not remember is that there was a time when we didn't have satellite satellite radio communications and that the only way that you were going to get radio signals or telemetry data from your satellites or your space launches is that you had to have a series of ground uh, of ground. Like receivers, relays, yeah, uh, over the all over the globe. Like you, if you wanted continuous uh, transmission, like you were gonna have to have, uh, you know, uh, radio sites and radio receivers, pretty much in every place that you needed to to thing, or else you're just gonna lose all of it because it would just nobody would receive it. <laughs> yeah, as the as the as the capsule would orbit the Earth, you'd only get them for a few minutes, and then it goes dark if you don't have anything on the other side. So, like, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> so in November 28th of 1960, you had the two brothers claiming that they re actually intercepted what they believed was an SOS call in Morse code from a craft that they figured was moving away from Earth. Since the, si the signal, you know, was determined to be moving farther away from the thing, they figured that this was one of the capsules that they had lost you know, and it had burned out. We, we talked about it. There were rumors of a capsule that had had a mishap where the the rockets hadn't fired uh, the way that they were supposed to or some sort of malfunction and that like kind of spun this thing out into space. So the theory was that perhaps that this was one of the manned capsules and that the, the SOS was coming from a cosmonaut that Dude. was trapped in that capsule. So he he's getting more, they're getting Morse, Morse code. I don't know what it is, dot, dot. Dash dot 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 dash 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 dot 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 beep 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 and uh, beep, beep, so beep, like imagine beep, beep. like imagine if that's the case so and and it's it's getting more faint right so it's getting further away as it goes but if this is the case that this thing misfired and stuff this poor soul on this ship it might not be like a, even a pleasant experience for him because this thing might be spinning so wildly in space. As it drifts being lost it. in space isn't going to be a pleasant experience for him. <laughs> well, if you think, because so I think some people think like, oh, you're just floating out there and it's like, all right, well, you know, there's obviously the terror of you're just, you know, you're going to eventually die. But there's also the one where you're like on an amusement ride where you're spinning not like at an unbelievable, unfathomable speed. And you're just like, ah, <laughs> oh my God. that's probably why Buddy came home with fucking scrambled brains. <laughs> <laughs> right? Fuck. Probably. You're just spinning so fast nonstop, like just like ah, ah, ah. But but the crazy thing about Herbert how these guys Herbert. are like listening for the space travel is because they actually heard because when Sputnik, like the first satellite went up, that was like public knowledge. Like people knew they kind of gave the frequency so everyone could kind of listen to this thing beep. So they actually recorded it because they had like an old tape machine and they would record the frequencies onto it. 
So if you never heard what Sputnik sounds like, this is what it was. This was the first sound in space. So if you could dial in, they're just getting this beep. And that was the first, that was the first satellite. So these guys- meeting back to Earth. Yep. Just like spitting beeps out. And it was like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's crazy that this isn't all that long ago that this was the first satellite, you know, and now we have all everything. We got, you know, Thou- Starlink. Tens of thousands of satellites up there tens now. Tens of thousands. So much up there that we're worried about space trash. Like, it's insane. Like, we're worried about a cascading effect where the satellites collide. Kep- Kep- Kepler effect? I think it's, uh, is it Kepler or Kessler? One of the two. And yeah, they, and- they collide and explode and then collide and explode with exponentially more satellites causing a cascading collapse of like all satellites and then and then basic and then rendering protract. our skies moot like you can't put any more satellites up after this happened because there's gonna be so much you, you, small debris yeah you can't travel to space yeah like you go we're, up we're and get smoked. officially landlocked and we do it to ourselves like what a great filter for a civilization if you think about it like just one mishap Right, one mishap, and it could cause a cascade effect that just renders you unable to leave your planet. And not only that, potentially unable for things to come to your planet. Right, you're just like you've nope, isolated. Just- oh, all right, I'm board. I'm on board. We, hey, we've talked about all these other ways, like uh, the Fermi pa- Boys, Fermi paradox and stuff. What was that Andrew? All I'm saying is I'm already convinced. I what was it? The dark forest, the darkest forest fucking theory. Dark forest. Let's crash those fucking things. <laughs> Guess save it. I don't want anything coming here after that shit. Well, maybe that's one of the great filters, is in we a civilization will uh, have a cascading satellite collapse and then they cannot leave the planet. So when their planet is doomed for extinction, there's no way off and they're toast. Yeah. You're just like, well, we're yeah, stuck. We're stuck here. Our fault. Our bad. Uh, I mean, we created the problem to begin with. It's our bad. Yeah. No big, <laughs> Not big deal. I mean, assuming that your technology bases itself around, you know, liquid propellants and that we also have to worry about things like weather and those would, you know, determining your launch windows and things like that. If you had a different type of propulsion system, different way to launch your uh, stuff into space, you'd like faster. I mean, it probably wouldn't be that big a problem. <laughs> well, we <laughs> might be able talk to about the right people. It. The Russians know. <laughs> hey, contact Falcon, Falcon Thrust or whatever they were called. Falcon Space. <laughs> Uh, this is those sweaty nerds. Yeah. So <laughs> fuck those guys. So these the the two Italian radio brothers. These guys were were intercepting. Um, you know, they had proof of concept, but they were getting uh, the signals from Sputnik, and they also said that they made a couple other claims about. They were in the news a couple times about said that they had uh, received uh, sig- that they had uh, captured signals from other. Uh, the capsules. So some of these capsules that were launched up into space uh, by the Russians were equipped with a, a number of ty- different types of sensors and different type of uh, like broadcasts that would essentially you would uh, radio broadcast back to Earth since you needed to, but they would also send back data, uh, things like heartbeat, telemetry data, all of this stuff, like physical, you know, of the you know physical conditions of the of the astronauts, the cosmonauts themselves. And then they said they actually picked up audio recordings uh, from some of these, yep. uh, some of these things. And there's one that's the one. There's one that's like super creepy, and it's probably the one that people it's probably terrifying. Talk about is is there was one from it's May 1961. So this is one had been. I guess this was we said this was after. This is a little bit after. Just look at the month after 
little less than a month after Gagarin had gone up into space. And they said that this recording uh, is of what sounds to be a lady cosmonaut uh, in distress on the thing. Do we have do we have that recording? Yeah. So and before I play that, I want I just want to just to like because this conspiracy really takes shape with like these recordings. Like some a lot of people say, oh, they're hoaxes, like in any case we do. But without these recordings, there's not a lot to go on, right? There's no, it's just like the he sh- he said, she said, uh, this happened, and then they deny it. And then it's these two who are Italian, so they don't, as far as we know, not communist Russia, post, post-World War Italy. So these guys record these and they put them out and they're, they're getting like pretty, they're given pretty good press with some of these recordings. And the one, so I'll play this one. So this is, I'm not sure. I think it was, so they had a dog, they put a dog on a capsule, but they didn't right. tell anyone. This is Leica. This is the Leica. 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 Yeah. So, but I don't think they told anyone publicly until after, because it never, the dog never came back. <laughs> but so sad, they, yeah. they heard a heartbeat of a dog or what they thought was a heartbeat. They talked to a physician Physician said, it sounds like a heartbeat, but it's like faster than I would anticipate. So they went to a vet and the vet's like, that's a heartbeat of a dog. And then this is what they recorded. Well, not a lot, but that little like boop, boop. Mind boop. you, I will say though, like I feel like you're in space. Even if you're a human, you'd be a little tachycardic. Your heart would be beating a little bit faster than normal. That's what that's yeah, what I also thought too. But they were convinced when they talked. The doctor was convinced that it didn't sound like a human heartbeat for whatever reason. Well, it's weird that you could get it from there because, like, I don't. I'd have it to. Was, I don't know what dog's heart sounds like, but it would give you the classic like S one, S two sounds. But the beep beep, like the 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 lub dub, lub dub, lub dub. But that as as the conspiracy goes, that's. They went to a vet and the vet claimed, yeah, it was a dog. And then sure enough, after it all happened, they did say that, yes, we had a dog in space and never returned. Busted. So they're still, so they're listening. They're, so they, they're getting pretty good now at identifying signals from space. Like, you know, they're two for two. They're two for, there's actually another one, which I don't have, but they claim it's a heartbeat of a person. And then that, that kind of goes with, uh, what was his face? Um, we talked about him earlier. Illusion. Yeah, they said like maybe that was him. They because that it, their time aligned with the supposed case of him. So they're they're on the case. They are they are recording these signals from space, and then yeah, just not long after the first man in space, we get this recording. It's a little bit longer. I don't. I, I'm not sure how long we'll listen, but we'll put it on right now. It's a female voice coming through in a distressed manner, and the translation is fucking wild. Trigger warning. Pretty much what she's saying is like, she's counting down. She says, listen, listen, come in, come in, talk to me. What? 45, 45, 50? Yes, yes. Breathing, breathing oxygen, oxygen. I'm hot. 
Isn't this dangerous? It's all... Isn't this dangerous? Yes, yes, yes. How is this? What? Our transmission begins now. 41, this way. I feel hot. It's all... It's hot. I feel hot. I feel hot. I can see a flame. What? I can see a flame. I can see a flame. I can feel... I feel hot. I feel hot. Am I going to crash? Yes, yes. I feel hot. I will re-enter. I will re-enter. I am listening. I feel hot. That's pretty much what it's saying this whole time. I feel hot. The flames are rising. It's burning. It's burning. Like she's. I can see God. He's an octopus. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, th- that recording was claimed by the brothers to have been uh, perhaps uh, there had been a mixed gender crew that had launched, uh, you know, from from the Soviet Union and this was probably uh, the them and probably suffered some type of, of catastrophe on the uh, on re-entry on their mission and you know this was the transmission from them you know ending the way that it is that this now the the thing is is like they they get a translation of this and it's like from that like so listening to this they said that they got translators as well as they had their they had their sister learn Russian. No, what so what, they could find out what they had recorded. So what right? I what I listened to in the interview with them was so they this guy from Vice interviewed these people. They took a translator and the translator then portrayed his translation to an actor and acted it out. So what it yeah. sounded like was they got this recording. They didn't speak Russian, so they reached out to like a dozen translators, got a dozen different translations. Sure. Kind of went with the consensus, like they're like, eh, right. Well, and they, and their, their thought was like, well, why is all these Russian people not translating it right? It, so it, the conspiracy was like they were not on pur- purposely not translating what happened for whatever reason. And then later on, they, yeah, they got their sister who was like 14 at the time to like learn Russian. And then she eventually translated it. And then after they made it public, they got other Russian translators to translate it again, corroborating what their sister had learned like once it was public knowledge, they're like, yes, that's what it says. But for what the- you said, this got big, right? Like this got pretty big news. Coverage. It got news in like a, definitely in Italy, like in Europe. In Europe, because Braden was saying that they did trade things with the United States. I wonder if the United States gave them these recordings. Oh, a little so they, propaganda. So, so they oh they made it to space, but how many people did they lose doing so? It's a uh, yeah. It's a yeah. Maybe maybe that's yeah, right. Interesting. <laughs> it's a plant. CIA plant. Yeah. Mario and Luigi are just two CIA shills, just like Dan. They're the willful <laughs> idiot in this. In that. In that. Grip. I was there. I was there. Yeah. The uh, so some skeptics will say that that like this stuff probably couldn't. Because there's no other people picking up these radio transmissions. Like, there's no no other people reported receiving transmissions uh, of this type uh, from anywhere. Uh, the, the It seemed like the Italian brothers were the only ones who had actually received this signal, even though... You they know, were the if, best if, of the again, best. I will just point out, I will just point out, yes, a lot of people say it's like, well, how did other people... But I will point out that NASA at one point had talked with the brothers to figure out how they had uncovered these frequencies and they taught NASA how they were looking at the antennas and they could figure it out from the size of the antennas that they were using, what frequency 
they should they should be searching in. And that's and they taught they were teaching NASA and they were working with them. So it's like when you go when people are like, well, how is it these these two are the only ones? I was like, because these guys were the best at it. Like by all right. accounts, how, it sounds like I got a these question, two were the though, best at figuring this shit out. I got a question. My, of, my only question is like, didn't you didn't you say that they had like an established network? of other people who are but, interested in this. Well, but Zell's he, got a question too. I got a question and, it, and it's this. It's okay, how did they know the size of the antenna? Like how did they they had they zoom in Seen on it? Pictures this, on TV. Really? Is that what it was? Yeah. So but but they, Sput, was Sputnik that was all public before Sputnik was launched and everything? Yeah. But there's other like frequencies that they got where people were they were like how? And now to talk on their network, it wasn't that they controlled the network. Right? It wasn't that they were like every they had all these people working for them. It, they had this community of other people that they contact. So it was, it's like CB radio enthusiasts who you know get on there like hello, like and they talk to each other on CB radio on certain frequencies. These guys did that, and they started. And I, I wish I could remember the fucking network's name. It since died out, you know, with uh, television and other and you know the just radio like that long transmission radio just kind of declining. But it's not that they would go like, all right, everyone, turn your, check this frequency. Like, it was more like if me and you, Andrew, were like, hey, I, you know, you're like, oh, check this out. I picked up this frequency the other day on this. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. It's nice to talk to you, Andrew. Let me know if you have any other cool finds and I'll let you know. But it's not like they're like, all right, everyone on mass dial into this frequency so we can pick it up. <laughs> like they were still all independent. I get it. But for me. I'm like, these guys are self-taught, which is nothing wrong with that. Like some of the, the best creative minds we get are self-taught, not educated. But to have them be able to crack the radio frequency and not the entire, I was always like, not the entire mind like, of- The American military? Yeah, the military, NASA, yeah. military could be like, I seen that on TV. That's the size of the antenna. We build antennas. We know what size that antenna should be. Transmit and then they could tune in. I mean, there's always a first for something, though, right? It's true. Like they could have been the first to cut, like to correlate. Kind of got like, lucky. Hmm. Yeah, and yeah. they were like, they're like, oh, that makes sense. That's right, right? Like, who knows? Maybe they're just the ones that point that out. Maybe that is, you know, not true. But like, <laughs> maybe that's these, what hey, I listen, read, Maybe right? one of that's these Italian guys works as a janitor at a like prestigious university <laughs> and like writes stuff on the chalkboard <laughs> when other people aren't he's around. Solving right? equations like, after work. He's smart. He's wicked smart. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Gabagool, and that's what came to us, right? Yeah, no you like deal. them apples, huh? Yeah. Gabagool, yeah. Von Von Ghoul, huh? <laughs> hey, um, you know what I mean? We we pick up a frequency, bingo, bango, bongo. NASA's that us Hey, forget about it, huh? It's a I, fucking star. Yeah. What do you want from me, buddy? Some tennis, pinky huh? rings, they're both just fat and red. Hey, you I'm, guys want... <laughs> hey, NASA, you want some fucking antennas? We got some in the closet, bud. You want yeah. some? Come get it, huh? Where'd I get this scrap metal? Forget about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. Hey, how you doing? Keep it moving, pal. <laughs> I want to make a shirt that's just a, a fucking bunch of antennas. And then just says, uh, what did you just say? How you doing? Keep, keep it moving. Yeah, how, do, how you doing? Keep it moving. With just antennas everywhere all put together. Yeah, it's... Um... It was really like going into researching this. It's, it, I, I found it quite impressive going back to, to those times and thinking about the the massive effort that it took 
for these space launches to actually go off these things. Because I found out, like we mentioned before, like in order to track these these satellites, um, you needed a large group of tracking stations that were stationed all over the globe. And then I learned that. I was like, well, how would they do that? Well, the Soviet had its own space tracking fleet. And if you look it up, it's, it's really cool because they had a number of these ships that were designed or most of them were like repurposed frigates, but they had these giant parabolic antennas on them. And they basically like anytime that Russia would have like a space launch, they would launch out these fleet and they would go out into the, you know, into international waters where they could, and, you know, plot out their courses. So they would be available to receive radio signals from the satellites as they traveled around Earth. Like it's super cool. And then when the Soviet Union fell, like they had them all just like they just all got fucking ripped up, tore up. And things were like really cool looking um, piece of tech like back then. But uh, stuff like that, we're just like kind of thinking about the logistics of just launching one rocket up into space and you had to have like everybody, all hands on deck. It's just, it's the, the massive amount of effort is uh, mind boggling to me. Like just having people out there doing all these things. You're like, like we got to have this guy here. We got to have this station here. We got to have this station on to receive this data. We got to have this here. Um, some of that stuff is just, yeah, it's really... Uh, I, for me, it, it really highlights, you know, what humans are capable of. Like, it just, not just because of whatever, like, you know, it's it's what we're, our potential is when we actually put our minds to something productive. <laughs> like, it's like, we're pretty we, fucking We cool can do it, yeah. Like, covering up the deaths of fucking many cosmonauts. Many cosmonauts. <laughs> it's, all right. To me, I'm like, when I look at this one, I don't think... And I know they some they figure some are likely hoaxes and and stuff like that or rumors, but I'm like I'm like when I read this and people are like yeah these are just rumors I'm like is it really that far out of the like does it would it really blow anyone's mind in this era that Soviet Union was just strapping people and they would die and they'd go never happened like to me I was like with everything like that we, we've learned about Soviet Russia and like the craziness of this of, of this era literally known for disinformation yeah like known like for they're you, the kings of it well and, and the thing that oh go ahead sorry and it it just it, it doesn't for me I don't I think there's I think there's grains of truth in there where they are it's you know and, and the how much of it is true but like I I would I lean to believe that Russia and to be honest, maybe even the states had lost co- like astronauts and cosmonauts that we just don't know about. History's forgotten; they're never going to know. Well, like for me, th- with this, like I completely agree with you, Braden. I think about it. And I'm like, you think about the stuff that they're able to keep secret on Earth, and then you go and then you know what they're doing in space. Like, let's be fucking honest here. Like. What happens when SpaceX launches anything? 90% of the population is like, there's f- the sky's on fire and there's fucking aliens. <laughs> yeah. Right? And people are like, no, it's SpaceX. Like, and they and 90% it. of the population have no fucking clue. Imagine what was happening in the 60s. You could fucking do whatever the fuck you want unless those random villagers in Perm, you know, <laughs> randomly stumbled upon that dummy, right? That they wouldn't, nobody would have, no, none's the wiser, right? Yeah. 100%. Like, literally, like they could literally do whatever the fuck they want. It was and so nobody has easy any to idea. control I mean, NORAD, the narrative. NORAD would know. <laughs> Someone and Maybe would they know. have those documents classified, so who knows? Like, NORAD would have known. They were tracking everything that was coming out of the, the Soviet Union. Out of, was it Baikonur was their, their main uh, main launch pad uh, that we know of? And then that was the one that was... Uh, that, you know, that we know of. That we know of. And right. so, uh, 
most of those launches were being again, like I said, these were these were massive efforts. So it's like you would have these fleets deployed, um, and it, like those ships moving around. I'm sure they were monitored, but it's very possible that you know maybe one slipped by, maybe a few or two, I guess. Hand, three, <laughs> Small four, handful, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Small handful, sure. Yeah. Well, we own like it wasn't until when, like fucking sixty five or sixty seven, that they had their first space death. Uh, you're talking about uh, Komarov or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, the first reported mm-hmm. one, yes, was the Soyuz one crash in April twenty fourth, nineteen sixty seven, and uh, that's the one that we actually have the picture of because that one is pretty gruesome. Uh, of uh, Komarov's body after uh, his his capsule had. The heat shielding failed or something, and like his when on re-entry and just yeah. messed up, and he was he was big ovened. I mean, it was I, from from some reports that I read, it was like him like cursing the whole way down, like cursing everybody, cursing the entire space program, yeah. uh, everything that was happening. Uh, and yeah, he was one of the tra- tragic casualties of the Soviet space program. I think I, but I, I, they put him on a couple things. I think he was. Memo- I think he has a couple memorials, one or two. Literally, you you know what the worst you know the worst part about that is this Komarov guy is literally on record saying like I know that this shuttle is not functioning properly. There's right. something wrong with it, and this mission's gonna fucking I think he'd fail. Actually, been kicked out twice. He had been rejected from the. They like kicked him out of the space program like twice, and then brought him back in for some reason. Literally, like, how shady is that? They know they're sending this guy in a faulty fucking shuttle, and he knows it. Everybody knows it, and they do it anyways. But right again, that just leads leads credence to that. Like, you know, they're like, oh yeah, there was twenty candidates, right? And you're like, oh, and oh, yeah, the odds oh, are too good. We gotta lose guy, one. He had space madness, so we're not gonna let, like. To me, I oh, I his parachute failed. The parachute on the thing, so the dude's rocketing through the atmosphere. And his parachute, the reentry parachutes failed. And that's what, yeah. The impact Died on impact. Like, yeah. Fucking, yeah. Yeah. Just RIP. Couldn't slow down. Yeah. Just rocket like a bullet into the ground. Yeah. At least it, it was is, quick. Uh, Long ride, but. Yeah. It is had time a, to contemplate. The space age and the space race are, is an incredibly fascinating piece of history. Like it is a, is a part of a history that's like, it's, it's really hard to find something like that you know, nowadays when it's like, it's the, the technology for all of the stuff that we were doing. Again, we didn't have computers. We didn't have any of the advanced stuff that we have today. All of it, you know, a lot of the math was done by hand. Like you have stacks and stacks and of binders of just handwritten math on like telemetry, on data, like, uh, abacuses. Uh, yeah. Like trajectories and all of these calculations of like where you're going to put stuff. It's, it's, it absolutely astounds me. At least I find it incredibly interesting. Um, at a time when you had two two world superpowers duking it out to see who could you know get farther you know into space well and um, we might be entering another time like that like you know since what 98 we've all been working together on the ISS and just recently with all the tensions heating up Russia said like after 2024 we're out make our we're own, build our own space we're, we're building space our station. own space station and that's blackjack and hookers yeah <laughs> all the vodka we want. Uh, it's right. So we're, we're entering this time where it's like, we're not really going to be cooperating so much uh, when it comes to these space missions, which is also uh, terrifying because, you know, we've had Ch- China with their air and launches where they're just like, ah, it's, it's, it's going to land somewhere. Lands. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to land We know somewhere. it's going to land on earth. The old Chinese death lottery. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, we're still, yeah, like you guys, but yeah, like you guys said, we're still living in interesting times. Even though space race back then was, was something to behold, we're still living in interesting times. New shit popping up every day, especially oh, and, in the, but, t- like aeronautics industries and stuff like this, hypersonic aircraft, all these things that are just popping up. I mean, it's always fun to kind of dip into this stuff where it's like, you know, you get to look in the, the, you get to see the pedigree of a lot of the technologies uh, that we take for granted today. Um, and a lot of it, how a lot of it developed from that time period. A lot and, of that stuff, a lot of the ideas and concepts were born then. And yeah. who knows, maybe we'll, more information from the Soviet Union will be uncovered uh, about the space program, right? Maybe some of it's lost, right? But well, yeah, you know, I, it, it will be dug up. I don't, I don't uh, doubt that they have like 100 years, like top, top secret like clearance like it won't be released for a hundred maybe even longer like i don't know dan is there a length of time like what's the longest classified document in the states is there like a uh for for some things it's usually like like standard i think is used to be like 50 and then i know i know in some place i was just looking at classifications today or something uh just for fun of course i was just quickly looking up classifications today it's not a big deal (laughs) like 50 to 100 years yeah so so let's i mean they're let's say they can renew them right like they can renew them like the jfk ones are just resealed and stuff put up for review and 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 when they get released it's going to be a bunch of fucking black thick lines through everything released yet redacted yeah i mean there's at least there there's at least some authorities that uh you know aeronautics historians in uh, those kinds of places. I forgot, for, at least there was one uh, uh, space flight historian that said that we have all of the documents. Like 1984, they declassified at least a lot of them, if not all of them, uh, of the space flight programs in Russia. I mean, you had the fall of the Soviet Union, you would think that stuff was going to get out. If stuff was going to get out, it was going to be then. Because it was going to be a bunch of Russian generals if it wasn't burned. selling out to fucking get out of the Soviet Union before everything went to shit. Um, that's what I would think anyways. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I'd be, I'd be grabbing every file I could to sell to the West so I could get out of here. this fucking shithole as it all comes crushing down. But, um, let's just, but yeah, there could, there could be some stuff locked away somewhere. Let's just say, let's just go hypothetical. Say the States is, let's say a hundred years. Russia, let's, I think you double it. It's 200 years locked down. It's burnt. I, I'm or just burnt. Saying, I'm just or just this. gone. Why would they even burnt. need to keep it? That's Why would they true. need to keep it? I'm saying if you launch a failed thing and you had a failed mission, you're like, we don't want it. In Russia, there, there's not like oversight where Buddy, there's other places. They're just like, destroy it all. These this documents look exactly like fucking the Rushki Johnny Storm we just talked about. Those things are burnt yeah. to a fucking crisp. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, Coast, exactly. It's like, fried. this never happened. Destroy it all. So now it's just word of mouth, right? And as soon as you have word of mouth, then you can have just doubt and stuff. And I like again, the Soviets are the greatest at misinformation. So why would they want to keep anything concrete that could be pointed back at, at evidence for anything, any wrongdoing, any force? Just destroy. If it didn't work, it's destroyed. No record of it. Gone. That's what I think. Lost to history. If there was lost yeah. cosmonaut, cosmonauts, we will never know. Like the the information we just repeated today is like really all there is about it. There's yeah, not much more. Like there's there's a lot of cases we've done that be like, oh, you could do a whole podcast series on this case. I mean, you could do a whole podcast series on the space race. On the like, space yeah. race, you could. But <laughs> yeah, the and the brothers, they're but, pretty. They got a pretty. pretty but as far as lost story. cosmonaut, yeah, like, we're not no. even talked about them being plumbers yet. That's, that's just the day job. Yeah. yeah, and when they went to the alternate dimension where dinosaurs evolved into people, 
and yeah. they saved the the mushroom kingdom. All right, yeah. I take it yeah. back. We could do a full podcast about these <laughs> this case. I'm telling you, Mario <laughs> Brothers is a fucking documentary. <laughs> but it is it is really cool. Like I I had heard about it before, but I never really looked into it. So it's kind of well. It's one of those things where you look at history and you see like all of our, like even the medical system, everything, all this stuff is built on people dying and just be like, well, try we learn something new. And like, you know, space, building, scuba diving, everything in the parachuting, everything we've learned, it's from people dying and going, ooh, don't do that. Don't do that one. <laughs> uh, we've, our, basically a lot of our ingenuity is just throwing bodies at it. <laughs> Being like, nope, that didn't work. Next. And is it like, yes, we're 60s, not that long ago, but is just think about it. In this time period, Soviet Russia, could this have been a possibility? Let us know. Let us know your thoughts and theories. Um, do you think that there are lost cosmonauts um, that are floating out in space that whose names we'll never know who should have been attributed with being the first in space? They are probably out there at an equivalent distance from Earth as the initial probes, the Voyagers. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Just frozen solid in their true. in their space in their pro or not the, well, I guess with their little capsule whatever they were in at the time, just floating forever. Yeah, lost to space. If that was one of your grandpas, never came back. Let us know. <laughs> Fun though. It says, sorry for your loss. Sorry for your loss. But all right, we got a. We got a theory of the week this week. We do. We do. Who's saying it? Who wants to say it? I never say it, so I'm out. I'm bound, bound Why out. Why don't you get to say it? It used to be Zell's prolapse of the week. Yeah, well, then I was saying that and a Patreon, so I gave it away. Now it's Andrew's. This week's Andrew's theory, theory of, the of the week. week. We, got a, we got a fucking two-timer here. Two-time. Two-time. Guys a beauty. He's local. Little local homegrown talent here listening to the show. That's great. K-Town boy. Yeah, right. This week's theory of the week is Wade McDonald with his fucking, like, just, just beautiful well, Photoshop of John claude Van Danigan. And it's, let me pull it up. I'm pretty sure it's Bloodsport. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it's Bloodsport. And it is a fucking Kumite. masterpiece. Can we, Kumite. can you put it up, Zell? I put it in the group. Something, yes, I can do this. It's not in the group, though. Are you putting it in the chat? The chat. I put it in the chat, sorry. Like Skype? Uh, in our group chat. Should be in there. Sometimes it takes a while to send. Uh, okay, that's a bummer. It's fucking great, though. And not only that, in the post, he put, like, you know, in the old movies, they used to have, like, the, the critics' fucking, like, quotes and stuff on the movies. It says two blatant lies away from being a Mario a myocardial infarction. Roger Ebert, <laughs> <laughs> alien theories, mixed martial arts. Count me in, Joe Rogan. Like this guy's a fucking beauty. <laughs> He's funnier than us. He I'd watch our that show. movie. Absolutely, <laughs> phenomenal work, man. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. Boom. Um, Theory of the time. week: Wade McDonald. Hell yeah, Legend. buddy! Strong work, brother. All right, uh, I got. I woke up today with a video embedded on my desktop that said to Andrew and I went that's interesting and I haven't played it but I read the comments on the video and it said play on the show so I'm going to <laughs> it's probably going to get us cancelled 
or banned from something. I'm going to imagine that's what's about to happen now, but I don't care. I'm going to play it anyway. Uh, this is Andrew's B-Day. They're back. The following Fair announcement man. has been paid for by alien theorist Illuminati. Weighing in at a 10 pound 8 ounces, hailing from Lebanon, happy birthday to the Lebanese mongoose. Andrew, happy birthday brother from Ron's Ponderings. I'm a giant head. Can't fit the helmet on right. That's for you. Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, one, two. Oh, oh Stone Cold him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What a beauty. Okay. Ah, boy, Ron Ponder. <laughs> Dude, he's wearing a lion's bucket. Do you see that? Let's go. Oh, damn. Crushed it. Fuck yeah. Birthday old right. timer. Bowie, that I'll guy should be theater of the trouble. week. And I keep those eyes on the skies. Happy birthday Thanks, brother. to you. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Andrew. Andrew. Stokey J, drummer from Fatmap here, wishing you a Fuck very yeah. happy birthday. And just wanted to say, make sure you drink loads of beer. Get so <laughs> fucked up, man, that your friend of a friend has got to come out to see you. Because you two have never been seen in the same room together. And it's going to be an interesting thing. Happy birthday, my friend. All the best. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Andrew. Thanks, buddy. Love Mean Cat's mama that- and Mean Cat herself. <laughs> We are so oh, that's happy awesome. Fucking <laughs> meme cat even knows it's your birthday. Keep on looking at those skies and keep on with the podcast. We are a huge fan and we listen to you every single day. <laughs> so, <laughs> ah, thanks, meme cat. Have a wonderful day. Hey, Tim here. Meme cat's more popular than me. Nice oh, shirt. Sure. I want to wish yeah. the happiest of birthdays to my friend of a friend. The one and only, the mongoose, Andrew himself. Uh, the best podcaster, maybe, in ATT. Oh. You know, it's debatable, but he's all right in my book. Happy birthday, brother. <laughs> Love ya. Evening, everyone. It is I. Thanks, Noah. Jim. Happy birthday there, Andrew, buddy. <laughs> Hope your birthday is being having all fun and fills, fills and everything with booze, roofies, and dragons smiling with their mouths open. How? Andrew, I gotta say this right now. I absolutely love watching you on that show, buddy. Every week, day in, day out, I'd be sitting there watching everything. But my particular favorite memory is whenever I get to annoy you within the comments section. Oh, watching you just reading the, reading the chats and just going, <laughs> bitch. No, those are the best. <laughs> well, I gotta go. Soften. It's fairly often. Yo, Andrew. <laughs> at it, buddy. Happy birthday, you fucking nerd. Silver Lotus here. Holy shit, It's our favorite himbo's birthday. Andrew, you have nerves of steel. You're a fucking Leo King and an absolute legend. If this day is half as epic as you are, my friend, you are in for a hell of a day. I hope you have the happiest birthday. Hey, Andrew. Happy birthday Thank from you. me, <laughs> Craig, also known as Craigery or Apostomus Prime on the Discord server. I hope it's a good one. Um, don't have a lot of time with this greeting, so I won't share a favorite Andrew moment at the moment because I can't think of one off the top of my head right now. But I will say thank you for all that you do on the show, but also for um, being the friend of the friend who might do the thing, you know? That's awesome, and um, people like you are heroes, man. And uh, I hope you have an awesome birthday. Happy birthday, Andrew. 
I was instructed to put on the shirt and pick a favorite moment. And I have to say, uh, God damn it, Jim. We've been trying to watch Gotham. <laughs> and uh, it's a good show, but obviously it's not as good as y'all's show because all I can hear is God damn it, Jim monologues. Yeah, we ruined it. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> Nailed it. Happy birthday. Yeah. You guys are amazing. <laughs> Love what you do. Thank you. G'day, Andrew. Job mate Joe from Australia. How you going? I guess it's that time of the year again where you get cakes and beers and parties. Throw another shrimp on the barbie because it's a fucking happy birthday to you, mate. (laughs) Keep on keeping on. Saving them lives. and Giving them boys shit because you know you're number one. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Uncle Slab. Half, but mostly Catalan, Andrew himself. <laughs> I, uh, awful. Like, just. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking nerd. But I hope your friend of a friend has a great day. Just not you. Fuck yeah, it's nice Ric yeah, Flair promo we there. That's beauty. Say happy birthday. Got a joke for you. Uh, why do they <clears> say <throat> amen at the end of church songs? Well, because they're hymns, not hers. I also hope the Lions don't have an absolutely abysmal season. So, here's the Chuck's football season. Hey, That'd be the best birthday present ever. Nice, no, Byron. 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 Hey. It's been fun doing all the Ouija's with you. Scaring the shit out of you. Looking forward to doing more yeah, absolutely. in the future. Enjoy, buddy. Well, okay, let thanks, me tell pal. you something, theorists. It's Burmeister. I'm here to wish Andrew a happy birthday. You talk about the birthdays. You talk about the prayers. You talk about the mongoose files. You talk about the conspiracies. You talk about the aliens. And there's one person that kind of holds the whole thing together, the heart of the group, or the thumb of the group, if you will. <laughs> and that is Andrew, the mongoose himself, the friend of a friend of a friend of the friends. And we all are here to wish you happy birthday tonight. Uh, some of us are roasting you a little bit. Uh, you deserve it. You deserve it. You can take it. Haters going to hate. But I don't think that anybody uh, can roast you as much as this next guy. So let's hear from him. Hey. Hey, Andrew. Shooter. Life's good. Listen, I got the word from friends of a friend that it's uh, your birthday. Yeah. It's 8.15. It's your birthday. You're 35 years of age. Booyah! Happy birthday, baby. That's good. That's great. Happy birthday. I understand you're 5'6". That's it's a, who's a big five, boy. Seven. He's a big boy at his birthday. He's 5'6". He's Canadian. He loves mongoose. Okay. I love I love, I love love Canadians. They're, they're great people. My daughter's, I think, going to marry one. I, they're just nice people, and uh, so that's good. But uh, the mongoose... What is mongoose? Is that a beer? Or is that like the mongoose that will rip your head off if you just try to get too friendly with it? Are you going to beat me at golf? Are you a golfer? Because <laughs> I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. You're in big trouble. Now. You eat pieces of shit for breakfast? No. And <laughs> you shouldn't eat pieces of shit for breakfast either. Okay? It's not good for you. Okay? Also, here's the team to root for. The Bills! Oh, no. Oh, he's a Bills fan. Lions. Do they have a stench? Yeah, they do. They're not that good. Hey, they've been good in the past. They've had some great running backs, as I remember. 
they have had problems, but I love it. It's football season. These guys are going to make yeah. some noise this year like they did last year. How about that game against Kansas City? Oh, my God. That was great football. Anyway, the rules would change. We would have won that one. Anyway, have a great one. Happy, happy birthday. Know there's a lot of love coming to you from your friends of a friend. And I'm sending you tons of shooter love. So choke on that, baby. And uh, I will see you at the night green at nine. Huh? Yeah. Little secret pose. Dude, that was so rad. Uh, Holy awesome. fuck. That's so fucking cool. That was fucking dope. You guys are way fucking too good to me. That was amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much, all you guys. That was fucking awesome. They really put my slideshow to shame. Yeah. <laughs> that was now nice, I get this. Nice now guy. I understand your slideshow. That's funny. <laughs> That's a good joke. That was really fucking cool, man. Thanks, guys. That was awesome. Shoot that. Shoot Shoot He's a Bills fan. He's Bish. right. Bills, the Bills will probably win the Super Bowl this year. Hear that music? Nope. Can't. It's coming. Oh, there it is. It's slow build. Slow build. Slow build. If you're not supporting the show and you want early access to all the case files, the after hours, the discord, you know where to go by now. Aliantheorist.com. Hit support. Help your boys out. Support your favorite podcast. This month's newest supporters. Ooh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just do it. Fire from the hip. All right. Brudilge. Brudilge. I like it. Sounds legit. In, in brackets, the Pleiadian gentleman. I think he, cha- he used to be the Pleiadian gentleman. He went up to a full year pledge. Fuck yeah. Shmealy 2. Sheila Ram Tuhal. Someone trying to fuck with me? Sheila Ram Tuhal. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always curious. I'm always on edge. <laughs> I'm always Not on edge. every name you can't pronounce is someone <laughs> fucking every, every name I can't read, someone's trying to fuck with me is what I think. Brittany Porter. Matthew Cormier. Elaine Merriman. Thank you very much for supporting the show. And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies. <laughs> <laughs>